Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome everybody to Brotherly Love Wrestling and on today's show we have Big Dan Champion joining us and finally coming back to the show. Dan, welcome like, back. I feel like you got to say it bigger when you say big. Like you, you don't you got to put some balls behind it like big. Dan. Champion. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now last time we had you on was well what Larry brought to my attention. I wasn't aware of the date, but it was actually a month before the pandemic. And it was actually right after, I believe, the Beyond Please Come Back show where you wrestled Orange Cassidy. That was the last time that we had you on. And since then, obviously the pandemic hit, kind of threw everything, including wrestling, into a complete whirlwind. And didn't look like, well, it looked like the bigger companies were going to be able to withstand because they were still running. But it was still a lot of uncertainty with smaller independent promotions whether or not they were going to be able to figure it out and stay afloat now during the pandemic what did you what did you learn about wrestling yourself and i learned about how much beer i can drink uh (laughs) (laughs) that's about it i mean i i didn't really learn anything wrestling wise i didn't learn anything um i couldn't do it i mean nobody could do anything um so I guess you just learned how much you like m- miss the interaction with uh, the fans and with fellow wrestlers and just people in general. Well, and after after the pandemic or towards the end of the pandemic and slowly opening up, Camp Leapfrog was born. And as far as we're concerned, one of our favorite promotions to watch, um, especially because a lot of local people that we've already been supporting through through the Wrestle Factory and Old Shikara. So, and you got in with with Camp Leapfrog. What, um, yeah. you've worked obviously a couple uh, other promotions. What is it like compared to all the other promotions, Camp Leapfrog? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, and I don't want to say silly, but it's borderline like silliness, which is awesome to me, which is really cool. Um, every show has its own motif and theme, which is pretty neat. You know, they had like a Valentine's Day show. They had a, a big man show. Um, so the different kind of motifs, the, um, you know, like, you know, you'll never see me sing. Like I know during the, um, the Valentine's Day one, they did a, a, a cover of, uh, Love Shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll never see me do that, but that's pretty cool. You know, it's a little bit different than every place else. Um. During the 24-hour Fight Forever show, I thought the leapfrog thing like made everything different in that 24 hours. You know, there was not a cybernetic type type of match. Mm-hmm. There were not those lucha type characters really in other shows. Like a lot of the people you saw on the Camp Leapfrog show, that was the only time you'll see them in that 24 hours. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so it's just a little bit different than you know what people are used to, um, and like what's generally on IWTV all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's spot on when you say that type of character work because I think that's what like what that used to be the Wrestle Factory in Shakara, that's what they were known for. They're different characters and whatnot and focusing on that and then it's kind of other places that you go, you see just wrestlers. And I don't want to say generic because everyone's got their own personality and whatnot, but it's really where you see like bigger personalities and different and kind of like bizarro world wrestling in that yeah, so- little 
Yeah. So I can tell you with like LVAC, when, um, you know, the people that book those shows, every time somebody loses a mask, they're like, oh, come on. Like, what's, what's this guy's gimmick now? What's their character? Um, you know, so that's very important. That's missing. You know, a lot of people, you don't, there's not the masked character wrestlers out there as much as there was when the wrestling factory was around. Um, and that was pretty cool. You know, a lot of people liked that. Yeah, I think they, they liked it just because of what you said. It's different, and it gives you that sense of, like, uh, it's a different style. It's not something that you're used to by any stretch of the imagination. When you think independent wrestling, you're almost, like, invited into this, like, almost, like, luchador, like, underground. Like, it shouldn't be where it is. Like, you think you would see something like that in, like, I don't know, like, Mexico or something like that. Like it, Right, yeah, yeah. You're getting this different, like, hybrid style of wrestling, and it's really – it's – fun to see and then you see all these storylines that come together and you see these teams that are mashed together and all these different personalities that are brought out i mean it's a testament to everything that they've done the wrestlers themselves when you see them compared to everybody else yeah yeah it's a it's a cool spot for sure can't believe frog well and i think can't believe frog because we've sponsored a couple shows now and uh, with the character work and the storylines that they tell Nothing got me like the um, the frog sport, like the story arc that went match to match between uh, Darius Carter and Matt Mikowski as they climbed their way to the finals. Like even that had that story built in, and it was so entertaining. And the wrestling itself blows you away because, like you said, there's that element of that little silly, and you don't expect them to be as badass in the ring as they are. And a lot of people will impress. When they get that opportunity, I think that's the one great thing about frog sport is the unexpected athleticism. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Mikowski is a beast, so any show he's on is definitely going to have you know, a great part to it. We lost you for a second. You froze. I'm going to blame Matt Mikowski for this. <laughs> Every time you mentioned his name is when you froze. So I think it's only his fault. That you froze so many times. So right. I'm not gonna say his name. Yeah. So we're just gonna bypass <laughs> him. We're not gonna mention his name. <laughs> but I mean okay. it is. <laughs> we'll try and pick it up from there. <laughs> but aside from Camp Leapfrog, I mean coming back, I don't think we're completely out of the pandemic yet, as as much as we like some people would like to think. I mean, it's still very much still out there and whatnot but crowds have picked up of course yeah shows have picked up i mean it's nice to see that actual people are there to cheer on these shows and, and it really is it's like a breath of fresh air it makes it gives you a deeper appreciation for wrestling now it, it makes you like before pandemic i would say that it got to a point of where everyone is so critical on every little thing that's done in wrestling, I think now that, like, look, it's funny how that happened. Like, okay, you want to be so critical about it like that, it disappears. And you're really wondering what's going on. It gives you a new appreciation. Like, I think for myself, personally, like, I was going down a rabbit hole of where I was, like, like I was overthinking it. Like, I was watching. I was like, well, I don't like this. And I was, like, zoning in on what I didn't like more than what I did like like now that wrestling's back like i was able to gauge it better like able to like be like all right well i know what i like let me re 
evaluate what I'm doing here and just fucking watch what I like and support the people that entertain me the most. No, yeah, you don't really appreciate what you have till it's gone. I guess that's with anything uh, in life. And, you know, that's one thing I guess the uh, shutdown pandemic kind of brought to light. Um, and, yeah, wrestling's in there with that. And um, it's hard wrestling with no live fans there. It's hard to get motivated. It's hard to get pumped up. It's hard to get excited as a wrestler. Um, and it's just it's a lot easier to wrestle with people reacting to something. When you have nobody out there reacting, you don't know what you're doing is good or bad. Um, you're just kind of doing it. Um, so when you have that reaction, it makes it it makes your job as a wrestler a lot easier. I mean, especially for someone like you, for when you're in the ring, you kind of have. I think you know going into it what the reaction is going to be, given your your list of opponents recently, at least. Like you, you know the reaction. You want to be disliked. I mean, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, you know, when I, when I scream Big Dan and nobody's out there, it's kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> You're just picturing someone across the other yeah, side of that TV exactly. going, they're, like, they're booing you. <laughs> they have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned the LVAC, and the LVAC held a show, was it this past weekend? Yep. It was Friday, Saturday, two-night show. It was actually... Yes, Friday, Saturday. It was a drive-in movie paired with a wrestling event, correct? Yeah, so each night there was uh, four matches, and following the matches were um, two movies. And these movies were geared towards wrestling, correct? So, yeah, the first night was um, They Live, Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the second movie was. I, I didn't stay. The next night was Beyond the Mat and then Mr. Nanny. <laughs> and those you did stay for? <laughs> yeah, those I did stay for. <laughs> now, how is it wrestling in that atmosphere? Because that is unique in itself, wrestling at a drive-in. I mean, you're kind of, I mean, that's like a, that's a given for a pandemic. People can be in their cars. They don't have to be, like, yeah. near you. I mean, so were I there? Th- I, yeah, most of the crowd were out of their cars. So people brought chairs or blankets and they were spread out in their little groups. So there's definitely reaction from the crowd and uh, crowd interaction, um, uh, but yeah, no, it's I like those kind of things. I don't like wrestling at a, uh, you know, at a um, building that's pretty generic. It's boring after a while. So I like wrestling at drive-ins or uh, dive bars or uh, where else do we wrestle? It's kind of weird malls, you know, empty malls, things like that. Those are cool to me. Like that kind of stuff is really what uh you know, gets me going, that kind of fun stuff. It's kind of like, how do I want to put this? It's like that carnival aspect, like almost like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want to put that stereotypical, like, oh, they call them carnies for a reason, but it's like, (laughs) it's like that carnival aspect, but it's that fun carnival aspect. It's like that entertaining. You're like, well, this is different. It's not something. Exactly. That's exactly what, uh, that's what LVAC goes for with uh, their venues. Um, I don't think you'll ever see them at a VFW hall or anything like that. They they like to book their venues as things that are different and that are, you know, separate from, you know, separate themselves from other uh, wrestling companies. And you're kind of a mainstay there, or you not are kind of. You are a mainstay at the LVAC. How did that come about? I know they're, they are, what, Lehigh Valley? 
they're based in Lehigh Valley on it, and I'm the uh, wrestling king of the Lehigh Valley, so it only makes sense for me to probably be the only wrestler that's been on every LVAC show in the past two years. And I, you know, I make them the money. People come to buy tickets to see me. Is so that I keep uh, Chris Reject's pockets full of cash? <laughs> and it was Dan Champion Day, or days, I should say. Correct? Yeah, May twenty first was Dan Champion Appreciation Night. The driving was this your first ever honorary national or appreciation day? Yeah, it was like almost like a holiday. <laughs> yeah, the only the only one that's ever been recognized by other people besides myself. <laughs> now. The the people that came out to Dan Champion Day, were they there in support? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course they were. So they were, they were not there to perhaps watch you fail and cheer. They were there for full support of Dan Champion. I didn't even wrestle that day. I just kind of chilled. It was my day. I didn't want to break a sweat. Um, You know, maybe I had a little mishap with Tim Donst and uh, Tony Deppin. Uh, but besides that, you know, other than that five minutes of agony, it was all gravy that day. Now you and Tony Deppin have a history? Or? Uh, we don't have a history, but, uh, you know, he, that night, um, Tony Deppin was supposed to wrestle one of my good friends, a very good professional wrestler, who was injured like a month before. He broke his ankle. Mm -hmm. So Tim Dons was the replacement. I was out there to support Tim. As you know, a very good professional wrestler's replacement. I tried to get involved. It didn't work out like we planned, and uh, I ended up punching Tim Donson in the face accidentally. So on your holiday, your appreciation day, you weren't weren't able to get the job done for your friend. Exactly, I let down uh, the great Sydney Bacabella, and I feel horrible about that. So is there consequences or have you been no, forgiven? No, no, of course not. You know, I run that place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit I messed up, but there's going to be no consequences. So now one person that I, I mean, it's impossible not to see if you don't follow you on Twitter, that you have this rivalry going with is Erica Lee. Yeah, she's a punk. <laughs> <laughs> so this past weekend also was... Uh, championship match for the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship, correct? Yeah. Where yeah. you were pitted up against Erica Lee for that yeah. title. So I was, I was beat. Let me tell you what happened. I was in control of the match. And then, like, these idiots started chanting poo poo pee pee. <laughs> totally threw me off. She got a lucky victory. It, I wouldn't make it, it was just because that stupid chant. It was so dumb. It hurt my brain. And, you know, I lost my concentration. And uh, she was able to take advantage of that. Now, what got you? Was it the poo-poo or the PP? It, it's, it's a whole thing. It's so stupid. That's <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest thing I've heard. I've been wrestling for almost 20 years. And that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my 20-year wrestling career. It was oddly <laughs> effective, though. It was oddly effective. <laughs> now, does this mean you're out, or is there a rematch down the road? You might see me pit against uh, Eric Lee in the near future. Will there be championship yep. gold on the line? You know, if there is, great. If not, I don't care. I'm Dan champion. I don't need a belt, you know, to be recognized as a champion. So I just want to beat her 
and uh, calls her great agony for the agony I feel every time she posts a stupid picture, a stupid tweet, or somebody tweets me something stupid about her. Like, it's every day. It's ridiculous. I know for a fact we've been guilty of that at least once. Yes. Yeah. 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 What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I would like to... That's exactly why we had you on is because we wanted to give you a a formal apology. We're not one that will tweet at you to apologize. We just wanted to bring you on to apologize to cause you any agony. It's never our intention. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's not a problem. Now, you mentioned over the pandemic that you found out one specific thing that you were very good at and that is drinking beer yeah and you just... I always knew I was good at it but like I realized I'm really good at it <laughs> and when what what clicked in your head because over the pandemic there were different things that people were doing that were trying to keep them I wouldn't say relevant but they were trying to think outside the box and be like all right well this is dumb enough that people will actually watch and appreciate yeah. and it will keep me relevant while everyone is sitting there bored out of their minds not knowing what to do with themselves. And your special talent is chugging beer very fast, and you have mu- came up with the moniker Champion Chug. Champion which Chug. Is, which is very catchy, I will say that. Thank you. So what the hell made you want to just so, document this? So, like you said, people have been doing a bunch of stuff, you know, reviewing Jeff Cannonball Reviews Soda. And that's in f- okay. Phenomenal. That's, that's awesome. I put that's that a very good one. I put that as the, the standard. Yeah. Right. And Erica reviews candy and everybody's reviewing something but is it really a talent to review something is that a skill (laughs) anybody can review anything like it's not that cool so there was like a thing going around that was like you do a shot and then you tag a couple of people and they do a shot so i was in a couple of those i'm like this is you know baby stuff let's chug a beer and i did it and nobody would ever match me so i'm like maybe this is a talent i have so i put it out there and you know everybody's very impressed everybody uh, so it's just like one of those stupid skills I have, you know, I can chug a beer really, really good. I mean, it's something that's simple though, that someone that, I mean, in our age group, and I think a little bit younger, they can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always that guy in the bar that's really good at chugging a beer. I mean, the divier the bar, the better. Exactly. Yeah. The longer the beard, the drunker the guy is <laughs> usually really good at that. I mean, usually... Yeah. I give it to the heavy guys. Usually I will see a heavy guy that will be like a bigger dude that will just be able to pound it. And I've known many of them. And it's like, it's like you sit there and you're like, it's weird that I'm in awe watching that. Like, I feel like that shouldn't be something like, wow, that's really fucking impressive. But it is. It's yeah. There's no doubt that's impressive. Raging testosterone through me and the competitiveness of me. I'm like, man, damn it. I need to be able to do that. Like, it's just, it it hits hits all the triggers in, in my brain. So, is this something that you can you think you can bring to the ring? I don't know. Uh, you know, traveling with a beer is kind of weird sometimes. Uh, and I don't know if like people would be cool with me drinking a beer than wrestling. But I have done it after the show with like in film it. You know, I did one with Alley Cat. I did one with um, Colin Delaney. Um, I did one with Yuda. Beat them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of do it now with um, wrestlers after the show. So I think that might be the the niche right there. I did see the one with Yuda, yeah, exactly. Yuda and Boomer, and Boomer didn't even try. That's disgustingly bad. Like him, him and Alley Cat were the two worst. Like, 
Like, why even bother? Like, I, I felt bad posting it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were a champion, and you need to show your victories at, right. at all at all costs, no matter who it humiliates. Exactly. It is the champion way. Sometimes the champion doesn't have to be humble. Hey, feel, sometimes feelings get hurt. That's that's life. Yeah. I mean, it's a life that's lesson life. that you're teaching people right now. Is it? I'm that's this true. good, and you have to be shown this. Yep. And if you can't keep up, then get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. I should be your spokesperson. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> so, there's another person you're linked to. And ended up showing up, so I hear. I was not, we did not, weren't able to make the LVAC show, but there was someone that did step in the ring and interfere in your match. And that is one... Orange Cassidy, a native to that area as well, correct? Did we lose him? Or did we did nope. we freeze him? He's from those parts, yeah, for yeah, sure. There you go. So he had are now I'm gonna word this probably improperly, but I'm gonna try to. Are you invested in watching Orange Cassidy outside of what he did in the Indies? Like do you still follow what he's doing in AEW? I do. You know, I do, because you know why? You know I follow him? Because at two years ago, I had a match against him right when he signed with AEW. And I was going to win that match, and stupid Bryce Rensburg interfered, and I lost. And two years later, same thing. Bryce sticks his nose in my business, and I lose again. Um, so I always thought, you know, if I beat Orange Cassidy two years ago, I would have that AEW contract. I would have been on Double or Nothing a couple nights ago, but I would have got the job done. That's the difference between me and Arn Cassidy. <laughs> I would have got the job done. Um, so, yeah, I'm invested because every time I see something he does there, I always think if it wasn't for Bryce, that would probably be me. Because I heard Tony Khan was at the Peaberg Mall that day, scouting talent. So that was the reason behind the tweet of uh, after Bryce got hit. You tweeted out. This is your favorite yeah. part. Of this the is the favorite part of the match because he's because he's a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been? Are you the only one on record to call Bryce Ramsberg a scumbag? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, where where does that take you now that you've been robbed of potentially signing with the second biggest promotion in the country? How do you get to that point? Well, I just got to, um, you know, keep dominating the best promotion in the country, LVAC, like I have been. It seems simple yet effective. Mm -hmm. Simple and effective. Yeah. That's my home. <laughs> you know, Orange Cassidy can walk in every now and then and make an appearance. But at the end of the day, that's my home. I say if Orange Cassidy can come or not. I say if Bryce can come or not. You know, and I, you know, once in a while, I'll let him come in, like, at the show over the weekend. Sure, make an appearance. The crowd will be happy to see a couple TV stars. But what always happens? They always cost me my match. A nice guy like me, being nice doesn't win. A nice guy like me, getting screwed over and over again by these big TV stars. So there has there. to be a point where you're not going to let them back then, right? It might not. You know, that might be the, cam the uh, stroll that broke the camel's back. So there's got to be a point of where you get the open invite to retaliate on national TV. I'm waiting. <laughs> they got my number. 
<laughs> I think that's where you can pull off the chug. I think that is the perfect. Yeah, true. The perfect landscape for pulling off the champion chug. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to have beer TV. Can you drink a national TV now? I'm pretty sure I've seen a Hangman Page drink yeah, a, a yeah, glass of scotch. I just don't think you can like have the yeah, you're right. the company yeah, you're right. logo or anything. Promote. Yeah. Yeah, you can't promote unless it's your own company. I think TV's your spot. I think that's your your magic place is going to TV. You do the old school stand on their chest for the one, two, three, and if you can chug the beer before the three count, then you get a title shot or something. <laughs> There's gotta be a stipulation for it. It's like that's the old idea. old school five count. When, yeah, no, I like that idea. Like I feel like that's that's where that's where King the money's made. Kong Bundy. Yeah. yeah. King Kong yeah. Bundy called for the five right. count. I gotta get on there. <laughs> you finish the beer before the three count. So, yeah, we, right, so we we brought we brought beer up twice now, so I think it's time that we all do the champion chug to end the show. Now would ours be a, would ours be a champion or would it just be a champion in amateur hour? Uh pro- yeah, probably that. I feel like that's gonna be more you guys, you guys look like you guys look like beer drinkers to me. I think you'll hang. <laughs> I think so. Thanks. I'm experienced like that. Pretty good poor liar. But not as good as mine. I know. Be pretty good. I'm nervous. My are you ner- nervous? My nerves are rattled. I've never had to chug in front of the millions and millions of fans. <laughs> this show. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers. There it is. Nice. That was cold. It was very cold. <laughs> oh, that was good. And it was coarse. It tasted like piss. <laughs> Hold on. Are we allowed to burp after these? <laughs> I, I think uh, we're going to have to. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely an experience that people that are listening aren't going to really get. You got to see that to, <laughs> to experience it, but... No, for them, it's just going to be an awkward like, couple second silence. So, yeah. <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're listening to this and you're not watching it, you're going to make sure you, A, if you're driving, make sure you put it up on the dash so that way you can swerve <laughs> off the road when you watch this. <laughs> but this was a you, visual you performance. Po- you, should po- you should post that chug on the Twitter. Absolutely. Video. We will. We'll I'll make this a clip and we'll put Brotherly Love Wrestling Chug off. With the one Deal. and only Dan Champion. Yep. God damn it. I love. I came in last. Yes, you did. Because I'm not the big guy. <laughs> damn it. So, I mean, look, since we said it, we talked Joe's uh, pint glass. Did that these, make the cut? It did. It was on. Yeah. People heard that. Me, these, me these, talking, these pretzels are making, these pretzels me, thirsty. Are making me thirsty. Yes. So we can talk a little pop culture. Hell yeah. Because, after all, I mean, professional wrestling yeah. is a part. I'm, I'm a big time club guy. Big time, us as well. So we Huge had this dis- we had this discussion the other day. It always leads to just uh, throwing out lines. Yes, because like we we quote. We were talking. He was bringing up Seinfeld tattoos, mm-hmm. and he was on the hunt for the perfect Seinfeld tattoo to get tattooed on him. Yes, and we just went back and forth on lines of what we thought were going to be good tattoos, knowing the fact that if we got them. 
one, my wife would hate it and make fun of it. <laughs> but I thought what well, a great tattoo for Seinfeld is have <laughs> eat like each candy bar, put like a Almond Joy up there, a Kit Kat, and just write Twix on top of each one. <laughs> Oh yeah, from the uh, the car dealership. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they were all Twix. <laughs> I've that's a great to, episode. I, you could say that almost like, everyone. You pull out a line and you'd be like, "That's a great episode. That was a great yeah. episode." So my, my favorite, my favorite line is still is uh, from the early episode when uh, Jerry's at his like great aunt's house or whatever. And he makes fun of ponies. <laughs> <laughs> I hate kids with ponies, ain't it? <laughs> he goes, who thought an immigrant would have a pony? <laughs> <laughs> I hate anybody that had a pony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's funny to think about and watch. You're like, man, like a lot of the shows that we grew up watching, like, man, they couldn't get away with anything anything anymore mm -hmm. on TV or the show would have been canceled immediately. It's like a joke is not a joke yeah, anymore. There, there, there might be only like a handful of stuff, Seinfeld stuff like that, but not really that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? and like I watch shows for like, I like to say like, I like I watch friends and like, I hate friends. Like to me, it's a horrible show. Really? Yeah. I don't like friends that much. I watched it when I was younger, but now I try to rewatch it and it's like, meh. <laughs> I still I I watch things more for the the lines that I liked. Like I'm mm -hmm. I I I can watch the same thing like a hundred times. Like, do you, do you guys watch Curb? I have I have Curb, watched. Yes. It, yeah, I mean that yeah, was ba that was basically Seinfeld on like steroids. That's mm -hmm. so that is so good. I mm -hmm. love Curb. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> You're basically living the life of my favorite character, which is George Costanza. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Costanza's character, I put him at the top of any character, sitcom character on television. Yeah. He's at the top. Yeah. Just because his just outbursts and his the way he just flips out about everything. <laughs> yeah. George is getting angry. <laughs> She's bald. You're bald. <laughs> this is a nightly thing. No matter what, we will always get into Seinfeld quotes all the time. It's very. It, it's not so much Seinfeld quotes. It's that my day to day, I will bring up topics, and Larry will go, "Do you know this is a Seinfeld episode?" Because it's literally like just your day to day and the way I'll like say something. Be like, this is this is a Seinfeld episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's happened to me too. Like, or something will happen. I'm like, this seems like something that could happen on Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, it usually happens on uh, on the road. Like, I'll sit in traffic and I'll see something. I'd be like, well, this could be a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> My favorite one is where uh, George quits his job and goes back the next week. Like, next, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jerk Store. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good episode. That and the cutting the candy bars with your with, fork yeah. and knife. What do you use, your hands? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really good, too. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time. Thank, thank you. Doing the champion chug. That was that was awesome that we got the chance to do that yeah. with you. That's a free gift for everybody who's Keep watching. Practicing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Keep practicing. I haven't practiced in a while, and we did it with a light beer. I'm... 
been more keen to, I mean, I've promised myself I wouldn't be a craft beer guy, and I turned into a craft beer guy because, I mean, over pandemic, I was just never satisfied. I was like, I want to try, I want to, I want to try this, I want to try this, I want to try this, and I was, I started local, like, right around our area, kind of branched off from there, and I found a lot of really good ones, which is always nice. Have you tried Separatist? What is it? Separatist. Separatist. No. Are you in Philly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think you're in Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one called Separatist, and they have a brewery up here where I live in Easton. And uh, that's really good. So we probably – it probably makes its way down here. I just got to find the right store. Yeah. Because like, yeah. there's two stores by me that have, like, a craft beer section, but a lot of it's local, and then, like, the bigger names, like the Victory, the Dogfish Head. Yeah, yeah. Like those. And there's a couple good ones in there, but – I'm trying to get, like, the grassroots, like, because yeah. I've actually, like, I'm an electrician, and one of our, like, contracts was doing the electric in some breweries. Did about eight of them. Oh, like, that's awesome. I've done, and funny thing is, like, they're, they're fucking great. Like, they'll sit there, they'll give you a growler to take home, fucking, yeah. and they'll let you sample the shit while they're making it. Like, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, like, Root Down out, mm-hmm. out in, uh, was that Pottstown? No. Uh, fucking what is that? Phoenixville. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that nice. one. They had a couple of good ones. Uh, what the fuck was the other one called? The other one was something night. Hmm. No castle, something castle. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't as good. Con- <laughs> like Conchahokan, Evil Genius. Like there's there's a bunch Evil of them. Evil Genius is good. Yeah. Evil Genius is. I feel like Evil Genius is good name wise. Like they have a lot of catchy names. Like there are a lot of movie quotes and shit like yeah. that. Like I feel like they miss. And I knew the I know the head brewer that works there. Like I feel like they miss sometimes. Like they get a little too venturous, and it's like, all right, sometimes is a little bit too much flavor, or the flavor is overpowering. I want some yeah, of that. Yeah, I feel you. I want some of that beer flavor that's in there. I just had a really good yeah, coffee, yeah. coffee stout, and I forget who the fuck made it. Yeah, those are good. They're, I think stouts are easy to chug. Those are surprisingly it's because not so much like carbonated, like carbonated you know. Yeah, so there's yeah, like like a light beer or whatever. It's got it kind of has like the carbonation it's to it. It's got the bubble. Stout effect. really doesn't have that. It just goes down. Yeah, yeah. That's stout. It's heavier, but it goes down easier. Yeah, it looks heavier, but the the coffee stout that I had wasn't heavy at all. Like I probably could have had. Like I'm usually like six or seven and then i'm like either full or i'm feeling good depending on the percentage and then there's some that yeah. are like over nine percent i'm like all right four and i'm like <laughs> all right i'm pretty buzzed but yeah that stout went down really smooth and i'm fucking pissed that i don't remember the name of it. <laughs> i gotta come better prepared because i know usually in your champion chugs you're doing like ipas or something you're doing yeah i'll do whatever yeah like i'll just grab i'll, I'll grab a six pack of like random beers and just chug them throughout the week i don't do it every day now because i started feeling like shit so i'll do it like every now and then or when i'm on shows with other wrestlers and we do it together but i can't do it every day because i did it for like 21 days in a row i wasn't feeling so hot <laughs> jesus now <laughs> were you, were you drinking every day were you stopping after the one or were, did you continue to go no, it's just one, and then I'll be done. But even with that, uh, I started not feeling so hot. I saw that you mixed liquor in there too, didn't you? Yeah, I've done a couple chugs with like whiskey and stuff. Now that's that's Ooh. that's some ballsy shit because you were doing. It wasn't like yeah. a, a shot. You were doing like full glasses. 
yeah, tri- yeah, yeah. I do oh. like a, I would do like a mixer, but it would be like three or four shots. It would be like real heavy. Yeah, I know. I saw a couple of them. I was like, holy shit, how the hell did he do that? And how is he walking it? <laughs> yeah. So if anything, if you did nothing else, you built tolerance up. I'm going to say that your tolerance was probably yeah, fairly yeah. high before my this. My tolerance pretty high. <laughs> Not necessarily a bad yeah. thing. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I'm a big guy. Yeah. I've, I've drank for a while, so, yeah, I have pretty good tolerance, yeah. I think that's why you could get away with the champion chug in the ring, at least at the end of the match. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think the one, well, two, yeah, maybe at the, end. the one, two, three, you know the match is yeah. over. No, you're right. I could. And I think that like that's something that people would want to see. I just have to start winning matches. There you go. That's where you always start. Start yep. by winning. and then, <laughs> But if you do yeah. the champion chug, I think that's where you'll see the wins. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, oh, you, you have you have something to work for at the end of the match. I need this beer. <laughs> like you exactly. should yeah, always, maybe, you should always reach for it. <laughs> There's your storyline. You're always reaching for the beer. This guy yeah. just needs this drink. He's fucking. He's, he's been out in the desert for days. He needs this drink. He needs this win. <laughs> well, Dan, there you go. Thank you so <laughs> much work. again. Uh, we really appreciate thank you, you taking the time, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, hope so. All right, have a good night. All right, good night.